0: We're back with another mini episode for the Inside the Board Study Smarter series for the USMLE Step One and Complex Level One. Welcome back, Boards Insiders. I'm Elizabeth Beeman. I'm going to be talking with you a little bit today about some psychiatry related questions, and we're going to break them down, really focusing today on making sure that we understand the neurotransmitters in the brain that are implicated in many of our psychiatric diagnoses and understand really well. How the drugs that we prescribe, as far as you need to know on step one and for the purpose of shelf exam as well, how those drugs target those neurotransmitters to cause side effects and to cause symptoms to get better. So, our first question is A 21 year old male is brought to the emergency department by his landlord. The landlord is very concerned because he found the patient in the hallway of his apartment complex muttering to himself, sitting outside of his room with the door ajar, and the landlord was able to see that inside the room, the patient seemed to have his entire apartment in disarray. There was a bad odor coming from the apartment. And the tenant, who formerly had been a pretty good tenant until he seemed increasingly more paranoid in the last several months, was completely confused. So he convinced him to come to the emergency room with him to try to get his mental status looked at, essentially. So the patient is very upset that he's there. And he explains to you, the treating physician, that he has to get back to that hallway because he's waiting on the ghost of Michael Jackson to come visit him there. He says that he's actually been receiving messages in the daily news that only he can understand that have told him that the ghost of Michael Jackson's going to visit him in the hallway of his apartment and explain to him why he's not allowed to go into his apartment and who has bugged his apartment because he also thinks that his apartment is bugged and is being watched. Now he says that he has been seeing people walk by him in the hallway, and those people know everything that he's been thinking, but the ghost of Michael Jackson is going to tell him what he can do to make sure that other people can't hear his thoughts. So this is a lot. The patient is increasingly upset as you continue your interview, and ultimately, he lunges at you and yells, you're one of them. So you have to order intramuscular medications to be administered and ensure everyone's safety in the emergency room. Now the question is, the medication that you would order for this would be best able to target the aggressive and psychotic symptoms of the patient if that medication targets which of the following neurotransmitter pathways in the brain? And the answer choices are choice A, the mesocortical pathway, choice B, the mesolimbic pathway, choice C, the nigrostriatal pathway, or choice D, the tuberoinfundibular pathway. And the correct answer is you would want a drug that targets the mesolimbic pathway choice B. Now, what neurotransmitter is primarily affected in these pathways and what are we really talking about? Dopamine. So, this patient probably has schizophrenia. We don't know that he's not on drugs, so it could be the effects of PCP or some other kind of thing, but given the account from his landlord that it seemed like the patient was increasingly more paranoid and withdrawn... And all of these delusional and paranoid symptoms, we can make an assumption that they want you to diagnose this person with a psychotic disorder like schizophrenia. Without really the timeline, we can't know for sure. It's not schizophreniform disorder, but at this point we can say schizophrenia. So the positive symptoms of schizophrenia are caused by increased dopamine in the mesolimbic pathway. So the primary target of the antipsychotic drugs that we use to help with that are ones that target the mesolimbic pathway. This will help with our quote-unquote positive symptoms of schizophrenia. So if you think about schizophrenia and you hear this positive and negative symptoms, it always sounds like, well, what does that mean? I think at one point I thought negative symptoms is negative symptoms because you have like A negative mood, for example, is one of the negative symptoms. So you feel depressed or down. So maybe that's why they called them negative symptoms. But I think an easier way to conceptualize positive versus negative symptoms, negative symptoms having the other pathway that one of the other pathways we talked about, which is the mesocortical pathway primarily being implicated. But the negative symptoms are when the patient really has like a lack of something a lack of an affect. That means when they're upset, their affect might not change. When they're sad, their affect might not change. When they're happy, when they're angry, that flat affect is really seen in schizophrenia. And that is one of the negative symptoms. Not talking a lot, not really openly sharing, for example, is a negative symptom of schizophrenia. Now, you could be guarded because you're paranoid, which is a positive symptom of schizophrenia, the presence of something like a paranoia, like a belief that isn't true about the world, that could also make you not talk very much. But in and of itself, one of the negative symptoms of schizophrenia is that just lack of being very open or communicative. And that is a negative symptom of schizophrenia because it is the lack of talking, the lack of communication. And then also included in that is the lack of a good mood, a negative symptom of schizophrenia is also depression. So the kind of saddened presentation, the lack of really wanting to be forthcoming with any information about what's been going on, the withdrawal from society, the kind of lack of taking care of oneself, the lack of hygiene, the lack of something. These are all the negative symptoms, the flattened affect. The negative symptoms are very difficult to target with antipsychotic drugs. We believe that the negative symptoms are caused by decreased activity in the mesocortical pathway of the brain. So, decreased dopaminergic activity in the mesocortical pathway is what we think caused the negative symptoms of schizophrenia. But, increased activity of dopamine is really the thing we think about most, I think, associated with schizophrenia. And that increased activity is in the mesolimbic pathway, which we've already said is the one that causes the positive symptoms like delusions, hallucinations, all of those kind of things the patient had. The other things that you might want to know for step one or for shelf were some of the symptoms that the patient presented with and what we actually call those. So the patient was presented as someone who thought that the television was talking to him, that the newscasters or whatever We're somehow sending messages to him that only he could understand. And those are called delusions of reference or sometimes ideas of reference. But both of them are seen in psychotic disorders like schizophrenia and not really in our other psychiatric conditions and are more specific for schizophrenia than some of the more psychotic-looking symptoms that you might see with a patient who's, for example, intoxicated on a drug of some kind. Although that's, that's not an absolute. But definitely if you see something like an ideas of reference, have schizophrenia very high on your differential. The other thing that the patient had that was kind of a specific symptom of schizophrenia is when he described thinking that people could actually hear or, or somehow know intuitively by looking at him or listening while they were around him, know his thoughts. And that is called thought broadcasting. So both of those things, they're kind of like weird little anecdotes, but they're definitely testable and it's something that you should know because it's in first aid and it is definitely something that could come up on step one. Those two symptoms would be ones that you would hope to be targeting with decreasing the dopamine activity in the mesolimbic pathway, as our antipsychotic medications do usually do that. Now, while we're on the topic of dopamine, remember that when we administer an antipsychotic medication, we would really like to decrease mesolimbic pathway dopamine activity. We'd really like to increase mesocortical dopamine activity. And then we don't really want to affect other major dopamine pathways in the brain. But because we are dealing with a drug that crosses the blood-brain barrier, of course we're going to see effect in other major pathways unintentionally. So remember that decreased Activity of dopamine in the nigrostriatal pathway is what leads to the extra pyramidal symptoms that we don't like, that are often side effects of dopamine blockers that we give for schizophrenia. So we think of dystonia, akathisia, Parkinsonism, tardive dyskinesia, all of this stuff that we don't want to have as a side effect. Attribute that in your mind with the nigrostriatal pathway. And most. Movement disorders. Most neurologic movement disorders also involve the nigrostriatal pathway. Also, antipsychotic drugs are going to affect this pathway, as we've already said. Now, the other pathway that we do inadvertently affect with our antipsychotics, our dopamine blockers, is the tuberoinfundibular pathway. So, the tuberoinfundibular pathway, you'll remember. A decreased activity in this pathway will lead, so decreased dopamine in the tubero will lead to elevations in prolactin because remember dopamine inhibits the release of prolactin normally. So it should make sense to you why some of you may remember a long time ago there were a lot of commercials on TV for Risperdal aka the second generation antipsychotic Risperidone Causing a very serious side effect, and there were lots of lawyers putting commercials on TV saying they'll defend you if you'd been prescribed risperidone in the past and you'd basically had gynecomastia. So, this is why risperidone, in particular, as blocking dopamine very strongly, causes this gynecomastia. You have an elevation in prolactin, you have decreased libido as a result, other sexual dysfunction. You can have galacturia, You can have men who are actually lactating as a result of this, and especially in younger, like the younger kids, developing population, risperidone is sometimes avoided for this particular reason because they want they worry about having gynecomastia develop at a very young age in young males, and this symptom is not always reversible. So, think about tuberoinfundibular. Think about prolactin. Think about how dopamine being blocked it's going to cause effects in increasing prolactin and it's going to lead to those unwanted side effects.